Hello and welcome to episode number 180 of the Neuroproco podcast. So this is our big New York Comic Con wrap up this week. Uh, also, we do an oddly timely, uh, it, it might seem like it's late, but uh, because of recent news, uh, our very apparently timely review of Iron Fist Season 2, if you did not hear the news by now, Iron Fist has been cancelled on Netflix. Which is both not a little bit unfortunate, I have not very strong feelings about it. They managed to fix a couple things. We talk a lot about, you know, what uh, went right and what went wrong with Season 2 of Iron Fist. I think a lot of what my criticisms were of the show in general and specifically this season are probably most likely why it was canceled the reason why i have mixed feelings is because i have similar feelings about iron fist that i do about hawkeye is that if they had there are so many good things about the i actually tweeted this if you if you don't follow us already you should be following us on twitter at norproco on twitter mentioned that uh one of the central problems with the show was that they kept uh the things that didn't work about the comic book uh that they should have fixed or like things about iron fist as a character or whatever that they should have fixed they did not fix and the stuff that they shouldn't have fixed or maybe had pulled from the source material they either ignored or completely shortchanged so yeah there was a potential there uh in my opinion i know uh and actually no, no 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 i'm i'm not even gonna like question this i'm going to say that a good chunk of the people who had such a huge problem with the show so many of the people i i with with some exception had never ever read any of the iron fist comic books uh so like uh it was a lot of complaining based on basically nothing every single person had like their major complaints about the casting and all of that uh which like i said uh race issues aside you can't fix finn jones unfortunately finn jones is not that great of an actor a lot of stuff I'm sort of uh, parroting again from what you will actually hear in the podcast. But yeah, uh, Iron Fist, in my opinion, is actually a cool character. Just like Hawkeye, in my opinion, is a cool character with a very fun backstory that if you actually ever addressed it on the show or you ever addressed Hawkeye's origins in the movies, you might have got an interesting character, an interesting story, an interesting Netflix series out of that, but that is not what they chose to do. Uh, and also that there just so many things that they just kept fucking up, even right up till the end there. Like, but we talk about it on a podcast, so I won't belabor the point here. Uh, the point being that my feelings of it are I am I am part of me is glad that it's canceled and but part of me is kind of sad that they basically shot themselves in the foot to actually get that character right that being said this is no guarantee that he won't pop up as a guest star in later episodes of Daredevil or later seasons of 
Luke Cage as a uh, shout out to Elio Lucero, who is uh, the sometimes co-host of this show. I will say that I would like to see a Heroes for Hire, like eight, ser- eight, uh, eight episode miniseries where I think it, it'll work in smaller doses and you get to have him bounce off of Luke, which is uh, which was one of the more fun parts about Luke Cage season two and also the defenders. So yeah, that's it. Uh, plugs. November 3rd is another edition of the Ranger zone. More details on that, uh, next week, but that is 8 PM at branded saloon in crown Heights, Brooklyn. I think actually it's technically prospect Heights. It's, uh, on Bergen and Vanderbilt, the corner of Bergen and Vanderbilt. I think it's, I might be getting Bergen wrong, but it's definitely on Vanderbilt more, uh, and it is free. Uh, so check that out. Also living room comedy show every Friday night at the postmark cafe. And that is it for that. There might be some open mic, some live shows that you can check me out at, but in the meantime, uh, keep an eye on, at NerdProQuo on Twitter, we are most likely going to be live tweeting. In fact, tonight we are going to be, if possible, live tweeting Doctor Who and a bunch of those shows, even the shows that we don't really like anymore. Uh, we're going to be live tweeting, so uh, keep an eye on that NerdProQuo on Twitter. As always, if you enjoy this episode, click subscribe, tell your friends, tell your friends to tell their friends, because the more people who listen to this podcast, the more likely it is that we can maybe have sponsors and reach out to sponsors and do some more live shows in New York City so all of us nerds can get together and have fun and uh we have also giveaways. There is definitely a growing pile of stuff in our closets that we are we would love to give away. So uh, let us know at NerdProQuo on Twitter or uh, NerdProQuo at Gmail if you have any questions. If you're a musician, any of that. Uh, yeah, uh, going to be a guest next week. Uh, also, some that we're going to be... Yeah, stuff, cool stuff is happening in the future. But in the meantime... This intro is already way, 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 way too long. Episode 180 of the Neuroproco Podcast. Yep. Turn it up to 11. Huzzah! Hello. Uh, so we are we are here. Uh, we might have, uh, in a tiny bit, we might have more guests to this podcast. But right now, it's <laughs> the three of us. It is uh, Eve, who just said hello. Hello, everyone. And Rich. Uh, so we are going to be... Amongst a ha- uh, you know a couple of other things, we're going to be discussing New York Comic Con because we all went this year yeah. on different days. Uh, but just because we have to briefly, I feel like we, we briefly have to cover it. Uh, it wasn't part of New York Comic Con before we get it because there's actually a lot of stuff that happened in New York Comic Con and to discuss about New York Comic Con this year. But uh, even me are going to sort of briefly go off. Uh, I almost recorded an entire solo episode about Iron Fist because I have many issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, issues is something you expect from Iron Fist. Yeah. What you don't expect is if it kind of works compared to the first season. Yeah. I thought it was an improvement. It was. A, de- it, a was a de- improvement it was a. It was a def- season which, which one. That's that's what I've been hearing across the board. Like it, most people are seeing it that. as an. In- I I actually was. I did mm. not hate watch every episode like I did season one but season two I was kind of into what was going on it was kind of annoying like you know his progression in terms of trying to reconcile his relationship with 
I don't know, his friend's brother, uh, his friend's sister. I forgot what yeah. her name is. That was stupid. Well, well, um, well, I mean, you have the the actors who play the Meachams, who yeah. are actually, th- those two actors who play his brother and his, like, his, uh, I guess, like, they're not literally related to him. They're like, he grew up with them or yeah. something like that. Uh, so they're essentially his siblings, but... They're really good. Both of them are really good actors. I just don't care about their the brother not too much. The brother I know, really I hate him. I just that, hate him too. It's the fair. Core. It's fair. Uh, just because I think even in spite of them trying to make him more sympathetic with like the whole alcoholism, he's not a good person. No. He's a terrible person. Uh, and also, I just I don't care about their story after season one, which was like the majority of that was almost focused on them. I don't care about them as characters. I just want them to go away. Yeah. Um. That being said, I mean you can't fix Finn Jones. Finn Jones is just not that great. You, what I noticed is that they minimized him. Yeah, which is why I loved the season. I saw other characters. I saw other actors step up. Colleen Wing stepped up a lot. Yeah. Um, Detective Knight, uh, having her be, having a prominent role. What, what, once again, was great. Uh, uh, I will say, uh. Parallel to Luke Cage season two, I think one of the some of the best moments are the Colleen Wing Misty Knight, yeah, which just makes the great me cl- chemistry between yeah, those two which just actors. makes me clamor for uh, Daughters of the Dragon like miniseries. That could definitely work out. It would completely work out. Uh, also, Netflix made the finally listen to the everyone. Who has told them, hey, Reduced every single one of your Netflix series is about three episodes too long <laughs> and made Iron Fist. I mean, I don't think we could have endured a 13-episode long <clears throat> Iron Fist season two. That but that true. being Yeah, said, they've been switching to 10-episode seasons for a lot of their shows, actually, I've noticed. No. Wait, they didn't do that for Luke Cage, did they? No, but 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 uh, a handful of their other shows they've okay. they've shortened. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, Netflix original shows have become 10 episode okay. seasons anyway from six to ten yeah yeah uh which just allows for a uh, tighter narratives honestly uh so also i mean i forget the guy i could probably google this the guy the actor who plays davos i yeah great, is is really good angry character to kind of like push back on the whiteness of danny rand and how what everyone is is thinking he's not entitled he's not he doesn't deserve well, that role or uh, so the power so of the so a little bit of a back background on the actual source material of Iron Fist. So Davos like actually, and this is one of the things that uh, this season's entire plot line was actually a plot line in the actual Iron Fist comics, which is Davos comes back and essentially almost kills Danny because he wants to steal the power of the Iron Fist. Uh, because... He's unworthy. He's unworthy. Be, well, be, not, not just that he's unworthy, but basically... Uh, so there's an argument, and I believe it was Jared who made this argument when everyone was talking about... And I've made this argument where just like it's, you know, having a white guy being the Iron Fist... This is like, look, he was always going to be white. The iron, the previous Iron Fist, this is one of the things they've never adjust, 
addressed on the show, and it seems like they've alluded to at near the end of this second season where they mention the Pirate Queen of Pinghai Bay, mm-hmm. who, if you read the comic books, they've done this before on the show, and they've just like said the name of a character, and then you see who that character is, and you're just like, that's not who that, that's not that character. Like they did with the Bride of Nine Spiders and... I forget what his actual name, but like the killer of Iron Fists Mm -hmm. in, I just made quotation marks that no one can see because audio (laughs) podcast, Uh, the killer of Iron Fist, who was, who that was the guy that uh, in the first season was on for five minutes and fights Danny and drunken fist. And it was the guy, it was the best part of it because that guy uh, whose name, Louis Tan is amazing. Uh, actually made an acting choice and a stylistic martial arts choice. So that character is a bigger villain in the comp in the run in a run of the comic books, and they just short completely shortchanged him. Just like in this season, they completely shortchanged the Crane sisters, mm-hmm. who are actually supposed to be the emissaries of the Crane mother, who is the leader of one of the other. Seven Cities of Heaven, which is a thing that's in the comic books. So there's Kunlung is one of them. There are six others in the comic books. Technically, there's going to be... they. I don't know if they've done it yet, but there's eight Heavenly Cities. There's other immortal weapons that they never... Mention. They, they've alluded to them. They've done really half-assed, piss-poor versions of one of them in the first season. But yeah, they at the end of this season, they allude to... Orson Randall, who, if you know, if you read the comic books, is was the Iron Fist before it, Danny Rand, uh, for like a hundred years. Like he actually used the power of the Iron Fist to live longer. Uh, we can get into the spoiler spoilers because it's been a while. Danny is at the end of season two, uh, looking for Orson Randall. Yeah, pulled- and he's so well. Before that, yes. Colleen Wing becomes the iron fist and i was happy about that yeah until the post credit scene where he develops iron fist like powers by shooting shit well I mean, well, well I, never, I was like what the fuck yeah, yeah. i mean how, this does not happen he gives his power he does not magically get new powers so that makes no fucking sense so at so, all. so here's here's the thing again it is the central problem that I've had with the show where it's like you're taking elements from the source material, but you're fucking them up and, and not explaining them or not explaining them correctly. If you're going to do that. So, okay. Giving Colleen – sorry, Rich. Giving Colleen Wing the power of the Iron Fist I'm is awesome. I'm fine with that. Having Danny – also having the power and channeling it through guns, I both don't have a problem with it as far as like the power. Wait, let me explain. Uh, if you if you consider the source material, the problem, and I'll I'll see I'll explain why it's a problem also. So, source material. It's okay for both Colleen and Danny to have the power of the Iron Fist. That's because in the comic books, when Danny meets Orson Randall, who is the previous incarnation, who also happens to be white, there's also reasons for that in the comic book too that I don't know if they're ever going to address 
in the show. We're going to get super du- duper nerdy about Iron Fist here for Do it. comic books. Do it. Comic book wise. Is so Orson Randall in the comic books when Danny meets him, the first time Orson Randall uses the Iron Fist again, it actually like Danny passes out because he can feel that and that affects him. <clears throat> and then Orson Randall basically explains to him. So, yeah, he's like, I felt that and it hurt. He's just like, it's going to f- hurt a little bit because you've actually for years not been fully using the power of the Iron Fist. He's like, it's, I think he explains it. It's like, it's not, it's not a river. It's an ocean. He's like, it's actually much more expansive. It's like, we can actually both use it because we're both connected to it. It'll still like affect both of us in a certain way. But it's just like, if you actually properly, like, there's a whole thing where like he finds the book that is the history of the Iron Fist and has like all the techniques and stuff that Danny hasn't learned because he left Kunlun like an idiot, which is part of the reason why Davos is so pissed off of him is like, you got this power and then you didn't stick around to fucking learn how to use it, you jackass. Um, so, like, actually, like, the power of the Iron Fist is in the complex is much more expansive. Which is why Danny can channel the power of the Iron Fist into a weapon. He can channel it into guns and into the bullets and direct the bullets. The problem with that character-wise is that using guns is kind of like the way people kind of treat Batman using guns exactly. is that Danny doesn't use guns. Is that of the character? That's not who Danny is. That's who Orson Randall is because <laughs> Orson Randall was a soldier and like was like sort of like a gangster and an adventurer for a while. So the guns are his shtick. The other guys. Shtick. And he literally says in that scene, "I bet he's looking for these because those are Orson Randall's guns." But the problem with having Danny use the problem, like using the power that way, is like that's not his character. No. That's the way Orson uses the power. Similar to the character who they bring up, uh, I forget what her name is, but the pirate queen of King High Bay, yeah. also in Colleen's the comic books. Ancestor. The history is Colleen's ancestor, which is not part of comic books, but whatever. Um, if you're gonna change that, that's actually a thing. That's one of those minor things i don't have a problem with that whatever do what you want uh is that she is a former welder of the iron fist also in the history of the iron fist the only woman to ever wield the iron fist there's a whole like history there and apparently she could channel the iron fist to make and like make energy arrows to like shoot arrows what i was hoping for is with the fact that not only did Colleen have these powers, yeah. but the fact that she had an ancestor who was a former Iron Fist, I yeah. was hoping for greater potential. See yeah. how Colleen could expand the power use, uh, something that Danny was not able to do. Yeah. And then it, it was just like cheap cop-out, you know? Yeah, have which is Colleen what they... expand the role and not have... Which is what they've been doing consistently wrong with the show is like, okay, if you're gonna do that, actually do it. Like, don't, don't, don't half-ass it. And they've half-assed so much of this shit. 
And I think it's because the, the original central mistake that they made is they tried to ground him in a way in the same world or the same tone that was that is Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jennifer and Jessica Jones, even though they all have powers too. Iron Fist's power, the power of the Iron Fist is actually very different. It's more akin to like a Doctor Strange type, you know, power. Also, not just the origins of those powers, but the levels of those powers. It's much more akin to something that's like Doctor Strange sort of world than it is. It just so happens that he, in the comic books, is friends ends up friends with all of them and ends up being part of the Defenders. But, and so they wanted to do him and the Netflix sphere. And in order to do that, they tried to ground him in a sort of shared reality with these other characters. And the, really the central problem is he isn't that. Mm. He's, you know... And a lot of people complained. It was just like... Uh, but the thing is, you can write him into yeah. that. Yeah. But the problem is, one, the actor... I, I, I know it's you know, old news, but a lot of people are not crazy about Finn Jones. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, they had such the potential to make us want season three and see what this new potential, yeah. you know, Iron Fist can do. And then you just take that away from us. Yeah. You know, because we know that next season will unfortunately split our time between what Colin does in New York City and Chinatown and what this fucker see, does. See, and the mistake there is if you're gonna you can still have Danny like as someone who's a fan of the comic book and even a fan of the character a fan of the character is you can still have that after credit credits last scene but have it be with the right character. Mm-hmm. Have Danny go looking for Orson Randall. And when they find Orson Randall, they get into, like, not Danny get into a fight with Orson Randall, but have them get into a scuffle and have Orson Randall, who's this new character we've never met before, instead of Danny, pull out the guns and do the exact same thing that Danny does. And then we're like, holy shit, who's this dude, this new dude who can use the power and through fucking guns, like... But not have it be Danny because that's not. But the problem is the writers or directors of the show think that we want Danny and we're cheering for Danny to get the power. So they gave it, they forced this upon him. But we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Is and also like just to and I I might have said this before on the podcast. I probably have. But uh, my friend Jared, who's been on the podcast, uh, when people a lot of people were complaining about like him being white, it was just like. And, like, the problematic things of, like, when he was created in, like, the 50s or, the, like, the 60s or 70s. Jared was just like, actually, if you go back and look at the actual origin of Iron Fist, his entire origin story is about a white guy appropriating something that he's not supposed to have. That was supposed to be for a native. And, so, and that's what makes Davos such a compelling character. And actually, even though he's a villain... Even the comic books makes you like, I'm almost rooting for him to win. Because here's a guy who grew up in Kunlun. He's a native. This dude who just crash lands with his parents comes and essentially just gets the power and then runs off. 
And then in the comic books, which again I might have I've discussed this with you guys, but I don't think I brought it up on. I don't know if I brought it up on a con- on the podcast, but in the comic books, it's I think it's it's either implied or outright said that Danny Bean and Kunlun. That's not the the first time his family has been there. Yeah, I remember having that. His grandfather spent years looking for it appropriating their and like basically there. like using their energy to create things for the Rand Corporation and that's where the Rand Corporation fortune comes from is essentially shit a white guy stole from a foreign country like that's all part of the history that's the history of the character but I don't think that is something we want to know though I don't think we as viewers care to see another white character appropriating well, the the sciences the the ooh. knowledge of another culture yeah it's a commentary on that yeah but i yeah. think what people were starving for is just you know more people more actors like colleen wing yeah show what they're capable of doing yeah that guy who was the drunken master in season one we would just want more awesome shit yeah not just get someone like a finn jones not because he's white but because he's a bad actor yeah <laughs> we don't want that but yeah. as, as i was having the conversation with rich and i've had this kind of ad nauseum about hawkeye is there are these characters who are and iron fist in my opinion is one of these characters i mean putting aside the the racial thing which is, in the first season, they had an opportunity, even though it's completely changing the character. Uh, I, I've actually fallen on the other side of this where I originally was. Where it's just like... No, actually, what I used to say was, like, the Iron Fist is like any of those characters. Iron Fist, as a character, can be anyone of any race. Danny Rand is who Danny Rand is. Danny Rand is this white guy. So you can still have the iron, and that's what disappointment is. Like, okay, granted, if you're gonna have Danny Rand, Finn Jones, we can't do anything about him now. Okay, if you're gonna have Danny Rand and have him be a white guy, it's like there's still this really expansive, rich history to this character that spans generations, and that there's actually reasons there's like a culture con like there's so much stuff that you could be doing to make the show interesting and compelling and they just haven't done any of it and i I don't know can it be compelling not anymore i mean it what could work out in the comics will it translate well into the there's elements that they could have done (laughs) There's I, there's stuff they could have cha- they would have had to have changed for the television show. I get that, uh, but there's stuff there's stuff in there that was worthy that they either completely ignored or they've been just making allusions to, but they've been really shitty allusions to it. Uh, and I like I, I broken record on the Hawkeye thing, but like they did a similar thing to Hawkeye in the movies. We're just oh, like, and for the audience, uh, Jamie's wearing a Hawkeye shirt. Shirt, Hawkeye socks, and my Hawkeye, <laughs> my Hawkeye uh, hat is over there. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of schlubs as as, as superheroes. Uh, so my th- three favorite characters are are Marvel characters are uh, Daredevil, 
Hawkeye, and who was it? I just had the third one in my brain. There was another like, oh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And they're all schlubs mm-hmm. on one level or another. Daredevil doesn't Down, really fit, fit into Spider-Man down his luck, but not a schlub. A little bit of a Peter Parker. Peter Parker's a little bit of a schlub. Uh, I'll agree to that. G- grown, grown Peter Parker is kind of a schlub. Yeah. Okay. Especially in that new... Uh, especially in those those uh, Into the Spider-Verse. That schlub Peter Parker. I, I love schlub Peter Parker. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Iron Fist. Better. An improvement. It's an... It's... It's an enjoyable watch. And yeah, for yeah. Someone who hate watch season one, I think a lot of people will find also, it also, that also, they've learned their mistakes. God, God bless them. Learned the one huge lesson that they needed to learn, which was have better fight choreography. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> I, it, it was more convincing. Um, and I think the show that, so desperately needed yeah, that. Um, and I think just more Davos, uh, more scenes in Kunlun. In mass, so like yeah. this, you could yeah. get real fighters uh, doing the fight choreography. And please, for God's sake, oh God, the other immortal weapons—they're so cool. They're so like 1970s kung fu tropes. No, I, I, you you say they're cool, but the show has made me not give a fuck about them. The, yeah, uh, it's like I want to want to learn about them, but I don't know. They're, they've they've killed. They've dampened yeah, any yeah, excitement. Yeah. Yeah, they're just tiptoeing around too many things to to the point to the detriment of the the characters and the overall storyline. Well, it could be great, yeah. but for one thing, it's a difficult character. And so wait, so he was a white dude all along in the comic in the, in the comics. He the Danny Rand, which is. In comic books continuity is the the modern the most recent incarnation of the Iron Fist is is Danny Rand who is a white guy the Iron Fist before him also a white guy for reasons that uh, Orson Randall and Danny Rand's father were friends there's a whole like history there that uh, Danny Rand's father also went to Kunlun also went through the trials to become the Iron Fist uh, because Orson Randall was just like, it's a curse, not a blessing. Like, just ingrained that in his head from the time he was a little kid. He goes to the dragon and actually, like, fails and go- and leaves and, and goes, and Orson Randall just goes, yeah, you're not going to be the Iron Fist. He goes, your son is, though. <laughs> like, he just, cause, cause, because he knows like apparently the Iron Fist can like are connected. Another thing they haven't addressed at all, because in the comic books it doesn't happen till much much later. It's a thing that Danny Rand doesn't know, because again, he's this jackass white dude yeah. who ran from Kunlun before he learned all of the shit that he was supposed to learn. Is hey, it's like the avatars. Like you know, you can actually kind of channel the power and kind of channel the knowledge of all of the previous Iron Fists, right? So all of the previous Iron Fists were all either from Kunlun or from China. They're all Asian. <laughs> Every single one of them. However, the comic book history has focused 
solely on Daniel Rand being the Iron Fist, from what I understand. From what I understand. They yeah. did, uh, in one of the runs, they did entire, like, issues that were the story of previous Iron Fist. And I actually think there were a couple, like, side books that were just called The Book of the Iron Fist that was just, like, stories about all the previous Iron Fist. Apparently, there have only been 36. Uh, and apparently, the Iron Fist is a power that uh, predates... Uh, the creation of Earth and in some of the like crazy Marvel history. So predates what the Bast or some shit like that. So no. Uh. So in in one of the I have it somewhere. It's like early like cosmic Marvel history. So pre Thor. Uh. Pre Odin. So like Odin's dad. Uh. Apparently was running around. Uh. So it's it's I forget who Odin's father boar boar so it's boar in uh an incarnation of the phoenix an incarnation of the black panther and an incarnation of the iron fist are all like we're like traveling around together in like pre like ancient super cosmic times because it's marvel comics and they do batshit crazy shit sometimes but yeah, sometimes. So yeah, it, all the time. Yeah, yeah. It. Comic books. The comics, they just oh god. So yeah, going um, back. Oh, we love them. Yeah, going uh, back. I don't know about that. Oh, all these we, yeah. Ones every two years that they. Yeah, do. they got their. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, Watch it. I I I will say I will say just <laughs> just yeah just as before we get into New York Comic the uh, an example of really deviating from. The, sor- the source material to do something better because the su- the sor- a lot of the source material has some super problematic like not so great shit in it Luke Cage like they did some of his but they kind of like let's not yeah but that's the thing you understand where this character came from but you've adapted it and modernized yeah, that yeah. we were hoping for that same for Iron Fist for yeah Iron Fist. and they just didn't do it yeah there's so much failed possibility in Iron. That's what pisses me off. Even though it's a better season this season, there's still yeah. so much failed yeah, possibility there. So New York Comic Con. <laughs> um, my thoughts of Comic Con, it was, I felt instantly transported back to, 2009, 2010. It felt smaller. Well, it literally was smaller because they're do, still doing construction on parts of the Javits Center, so it wasn't well, the whole Javits Center. in terms of, like, the crowds, I was able to navigate, see what I wanted to see, and I didn't feel like I got cheated. You know, I, I, I didn't... This was the first Comic-Con in, like... This was, like, what, my ninth Comic-Con? First time in ages where I was able to... Hey, I want to go to this panel... And I got there. It it was not that without bad. a whole without a heck of a lot of effort too. Without effort. Yeah. I mean, and I think I I mentioned it to you guys. I felt that some of the panels were not as marquee as previous. Yeah, years. I noticed that. And the mark and the panels this year were nowhere compared to the same level of a San Diego, where I felt that we got like seedless panels yeah. or movie and TV appearances this year uh, compared to previous years and compared uh, to uh, see San I would Diego. disagree with that I think it depends on what you're into 
uh, because San Diego is it's difficult. It's difficult in my opinion to. I would say the panels overall, at least like the quote unquote marquee panels. If you're talking about the panels that were actually in like the panel area and weren't in offsite, mm-hmm. because. That's not a fair comparison because the hu- the big big panels were actually all at the Hulu Theater, uh, which I hate. That I find that fucked up. Ha- having it at offsite uh, is both annoying but also necessary. Some of those panels, there was no way they were going to fit those people in the Javits Center. There there isn't a venue in the Javits Center to fit those people. Even main stage one D would not have fit those people at all. Like not by a, a long shot. And I can give you the example I can of the one panel that I was at where it was like, there's no way they would have fit these people at, at main stage. And that was the Doctor Who one. There was no way they would have been able to. There were literally, that, that theater seats 5,600 people. There were no empty seats there. And there were I think there were people still like on the margins who they had to either turn away or just like, Damn. I understand why they had to have that off-site. They could not have. I don't think they could have pulled that off at main stage one D, at the Javits Center. But it just robbed. I mean, my whole. I get what you're saying, and I agree my, with you. It's, I just is, think it's a necessity. Comic Con lately, the last few years, where they've had marquee panels offsite, I've been against that. You know, it's a trek getting out of the Javits Center to go to other places and or just spending the entire time at those locations and you're missing out on some other stuff at the Javits It's, I don't know, it's just like you have to pick and you have to decide, you yeah. know, on where you want to have your experience, yeah. you know, at the Madison Square Garden or wherever, uh, at Hammerstein, or you're going to be at uh, Javits Center. I prefer being at Javits Center because I get to see the cosplay. I get to see the showroom floor. Uh, being away from that, it, it cheats me out of that experience. And I just wish, I don't know, maybe, you know, just, I wouldn't mind, you know, struggling through people if there were more of those. Yeah. Um, because uh, if you were able to, if you, you, may, you may not be able to go to every one of the panels, mm-hmm. but if you got to at least see one of them during the weekend, that would have been great, yeah. you know, at the Javits Center instead of having to go... Sh- I, I will make two points, and they're points that I've I literally just made, but I'm going to make them again, is part of that is I, I can't even remember whether there is a, a venue at the Javits Center, it might be in the part that they're currently doing construction on. So we might see that it's we might see in future near Comic Cons that it is all centrally located at the Javits Center, which was something they did in the past. Mm-hmm. That being said, I completely agree with you. I do, and I get it. But I also understand that just realistically, the scale that you're dealing with now, it, it, uh, unless there is something that is in the part of the Javits Center that is still under construction where you can fit 5,600 people, just the scale of everything is now such that it's like it's either you – you you have to make an impossible decision, uh, which is either you rob the people like you and me of the experience of having everything centrally located, 
or you rob 2,500 people the chance to go to that panel. That's the exchange, yeah. really. Like, realistically, to be real, like, real talk, that's the exchange. It's, it's and it, it really is. No, it really does. Like, it really does. That's there the, isn't, there it, isn't. It's a very good problem to have. Because Comic Con has main stage one D does not have five thousand yeah. seats. It's that's just, just Comic Con has become such a yeah. That's it. Like it just doesn't <laughs> such a just a beast of an event. Uh, it it garners such attention across industries at such magnitude that you. I mean, I agree. I'd I'd love for everything to be in in one location convenient location even if the trade-off is that well we would have to navigate through all of these crowds but well how about make the trade-off be that have those big marquee panels like an a late night evening event well, well, well here's here's what i will tell you is they did make a trade-off they did make a compromise in order to have people on the floor still have that central Javits Center experience. The problem with it was that whoever was running the sound or organized the sound for the sci-fi interview stage. See, because that's, all of the giant see, panels. That, that all, yeah, all, there is the giant, all of the giant panels that were at the Hulu Theater about an hour or two before the panel, the Q&A at the Hulu Theater, every single one of those panels had a cast interview session at the Sci-Fi Channel stage in the Javits Center. And the problem was, unless you were all the way up front, you, could, you couldn't hear anything. Jack shit. The Geico van had a louder PA system than the sci-fi interview thing, which I, I kind of saw it. And I was just like, I get it because you're trying to do this live on sci-fi channel for the sci-fi channel website. So the sound, you wanted it to be clearer and you probably wouldn't have had that with a bigger PA system. Mm. So someone for sci-fi channel made a decision that we want these to have a clear audio for the and I can't I'm I might be talking out of my ass but just from the setup and from what I saw it's like it seemed like someone made a decision is like we want the audio to be clear for the live broadcasts that are going to be on sci-fi.com the sci-fi channel website yeah. but the trade off to that was that the PA system to project a sound out to the audience who was there for those interviews mm-hmm was so low and wasn't even pointed. I, I didn't see any PA speakers pointed towards the audience. To- pointed towards the fucking audience who is there for it. Sorry. It's <laughs> not, no, you're right. Uh, it's not that, see, that, which that's not acceptable. Which crowded in for those interviews. People are paying a lot of money. See, could see stuff on that big screen, but couldn't hear anything that yeah. was going on. People are paying a lot of money you know, it's for multi-day passes like you guys. And to be at a, a 
and then a very anticipated panel like that of Daredevil. Yeah. And something like that happening, that's just that's not that's not cool. That's not that's not. It's like and to not even have speaker a PA system pointed out towards the audience, which I understand will make the sound for the actual interview. Mm-hmm. If you're going to broadcast it, we'll probably muddle it, and you'll probably get a lot of audio. It'll be hell, especially if you're broadcasting it live. It'll be the sound. You'll get everyone who wasn't there who could hear it or watched it online is going to be like, why is the sound so shitty? I was like, that's the reason is because they had to PA point it out towards the audience. But there, there are ways around that. I think that's what they thought the compromise would be. It's like, oh, any, we're going to have all these off-site panels, but we're also going to have all of those people do these interviews as well. And it was just like, great idea. Satisfies <laughs> that thing that me and Eve were just talking about, about everything being central locate, centrally located. But if you're going to do that... Is San Diego much bigger than the Javits Center? Yes. We should go. Eh, maybe. Like uh, I think the convention center and the collective. Also, San Diego Comic Con, I think the convention center, I think, is bigger, but I also think they do a similar thing, too. I smell a trip. Like the giant. Uh, Hall H, I think, at San Diego Comic Con is, is bigger than Main Stage 1D is at New York Comic Con. It just is. It's the size of the Hulu Theater, it's, fi- it's 5,000, 6,000 people. It's something like that. Hall H at the San Diego Convention Center. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but but I, I, I don't know. I mean, even having stuff off-site, I think if there's the stuff that you like that I liked, I, I mean, Twisted Tunes was great in spite of three-quarters of the way, to, <laughs> way through. We got evacuated because of a lighting <laughs> fire, which, again, goes back <laughs> to my point, weirdly, like my point about, like, like that sound issue with the sci-fi thing. I was just like, "Why is your lighting ring catching fucking fire during the middle of a panel?" Um, a lot of volunteers. Uh, that one poor. That one poor woman. Wait, what? <laughs> who's answering people's questions about the autograph oh, area? Yeah. I was like, I was like, I, these are clearly volunteers. By the way, I'm. Sh- oh yeah, that's a ton of money. <laughs> pay these people something that isn't just a free pass like these people deserve to be paid like i felt so bad for her like yeah. she just like i yeah. just go over there like a, she's just like yeah, just leave stressed, me alone she's stressed out of her mind poor lady i saw i saw the line for jason momoa i took a picture of it uh i felt bad for him because he was there for like he took breaks but god damn were there a lot of fucking people. i mean this, that's great i mean someone like him um i would hope that after watching the panel of uh, Zachary Levi, hopefully he's appreciative of all this shit. Yeah, it's tiring, but these are people who are really rooting for him and his project to do very well, Aquaman to do very well. These are people who followed him from whatever he did when he was a kid to Stargate Atlantis to other shit. I mean, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was the big thing for um, that kind of. I would just hope that he, he's a, like appreciative the, the, of this, the three people who watched Frontier, <laughs> which I still yeah, haven't I watched. Uh, um, but yeah, like for me, my overall Comic Con experience, my first few years doing Comic Con as a young uh, pup, whippersnapper, you know, uh, in two thousand nine and two thousand ten, just like going for like marquee TV shows and movies. But as I've gotten older, 
I've come to realize I want to avoid the major crowds. Yeah. And I just want to stick to, like, comic book shit because that's what it's all about. And this was a great experience. I, I mean, I've gotten to finally meet my man crush, you know, <laughs> Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder, you yeah. Know, and Greg Capullo. And those two guys were great. I mean, P- Capullo noticed my zombie TV shirt and was like, man, that shirt's dope. And yeah. I was like... Yeah, <laughs> it was. There are those. It's like they signed. I mean, I they had signed my uh, uh, issue one of uh, Dark Knight's Metal. They signed uh, like a uh, uh, print of Batman stomping the shit out of Superman. I mean, that was the highlight of my Comic Con week, and it was just like it was, it was fulfilling for me. So, I enjoyed it. So just as a, and I definitely want to get Rich's perspective. You being th- the first time there. I will it's not my first time. Yeah, uh, my I will first s- time in a long time. Yeah. yeah, I will say that the still because they keep they keep putting them downstairs next to the the queue hall, uh, the line lines uh, is Artist Alley. Artist Alley is the unappreciated the. I mean, there's always a big cr- there is a much larger crowd down there because. This this year they had air. Closer. Yeah, it was it's close. Closer it was closer. Being on the other side of on the, the other side, and last year they were they were all stuck in this like it was like warm, and there yeah. was no air conditioner yeah, last down there last year. I felt bad for, but I will say, Artist Alley is still in my mind the under. Like I said, there was still a whole shit ton of people down there, but the underappreciated gem of uh, near Comic Con. Because you get a lot of creators down there. Like I said, you had a great experience with Stocks and Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. I mean, you're going to encounter – there's still lotteries down there. A lot of those guys still have giant lines. But, like, the huge lines are upstairs by all the company. Like, the DC has the huge line. The Marvel booth has the huge line because they have all their, like, marquee, quote-unquote, uh, creators up there, but also you can just find like artists. That one dude who I showed you, who we bought the Avatar stuff from, they're just fantastic artists down there who aren't yeah. associated with any company. There are artists down there who are associated with smaller companies. Uh, there are some indie comics down there. There is. So. Did you get any more weird shit like last year? I didn't. I actually. <laughs> the, the, the one shit I saw you buy last year is like. So do you still have that? Yes, Wait, I do. What did he get last year? I don't know. It was like some weird fucking like journal about yeah different uh, jokes or some shit. It like was that. the. It was, weird. it was. Who are these guys? I have them, one of them down here. <laughs> it literally he has it with the table. Him, like, literally has it. So there's this magazine, this company called the Devastate Devastator. They're actually like a sketch troupe. Uh, one of these is uh, they had a comic book. They had a whole bunch of other things. One uh, one of the things I bought uh, last year was it's called All the Feelings: Hella Dramatic Monologues for Thespians of a Teenage. Uh, and they're just these hilarious little like mini miniature monologues they also had some comic books i also bought from this creator the block is also a great place to just randomly walk around and find like weird indie shit last mm. i didn't do as much of that this year i bought more artwork than i bought indie comics this year uh which i kind of feel bad about but uh priorities um last year i bought a trade from this dude uh it was called the bible 2 uh <laughs> 
It's just G. I just saw the covers. Jesus on the on the back of like a, a unicorn with like machine guns. It was. I was just like, what is this? The guy actually turned out to be really funny. Just like, and that's like the advantage of uh, artist or either the block or artist alley. Like last year, I didn't go down and see him, but just so, rich, so you know. Mm-hmm. One of the the weird underappreciated gems of going through Otter Sally is occasionally there'd be just random ass people down there, um, who also do comic books, but are do other stuff. Like, I didn't see them, but I know they were down there. Claudio from Coheed and Canberra <laughs> was down had a <laughs> was in Otter Sally because he's a huge nerd and. The albums actually have an associated comic book that he's been doing it for years. So Claudio, the lead singer from Coheed and Camber, yeah, was down there. Gerard Way is a writer of a comic book, Umbrella Academy. He had a panel. I don't know. Uh, last year, I don't know if he was an artist alley this year, but last year Gerard Way was also from. Uh, God was My Chemical Romance, was down there. Random as shit. Shia LaBeouf. Had a comic book that came out last year. He was in Artist Alley last year for for like one of the days, just randomly. Like you could go down there and they're just random as fuck. People who just they have money or whatever, they just decide like I I like comic books. I'm gonna put out my own. You'll just find the most like people who you wouldn't expect to be down there, just like hanging out or have a table for like just one of the days, just wandering down there. You'll find them. Like yeah. So, Rich, before I get into all the panels that I went to, uh, yeah. your first ex- near Comic-Con experience in years, uh, tell us things. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it technically, I think this is my second Comic-Con, but I had not been in several years. Uh, and it just comparing it to the two to the last time I had been a lot has changed um you know and I was warned about this but yeah it very much is uh, a nerd mall um which you know uh, uh so I that it was it was a pleasant surprise because I, I I went in and uh the you know and a lot of the exclusives like the sneak peeks or trailers we went to check out the uh aquaman uh trailer and features uh and then i just kind of hung out where all the vendors are and i'm a sucker for t-shirts so i i spent more more money than i anticipated on (laughs) mostly t-shirts and other stuff but i i I got i bought this this is actually a replacement hawkeye t-shirt because i lost this is the exact same t-shirt too i found it for cheaper than i bought it originally yeah yeah i I, as soon as i got into the whole nerd mall vendor area i'm like i i saw a t-shirt store i got just i was like a fly to a lamp and uh before i knew it i I had like three four t-shirts i think i think your first when i met you on the on the floor where all the the uh, vendors were i think the first thing you said to me was like something along the lines of thank god you're here please pull me away from here before i spend all of my money yeah seriously (laughs) i was like I told you. Yeah, that's what happened. To <laughs> I you. was warned. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, so. you gotta walk around a little bit first, yeah. uh, and kind of like is like 
I, what I was telling you is, is like if mm-hmm. you see, especially T-shirts, it's like yeah, a, unless you're specifically made by one company, which there are a couple companies that just make specific T-shirts, is like walk around for a little bit first because chances are if you see a cool T-shirt, there's a good chance that one of the other vendors might have it yeah. and might have it for cheaper. Yeah. It's true though. You can yeah, I, I did that and. There's there's variations, but yeah, there, you can get it. You can get probably the same T-shirt or a similar one for a couple of dollars cheaper. So you, so it's definitely recommended to just take your time, walk around. Uh, other than that, uh, it was nice to see. Um, I guess more variation and just seeing how Comic Con has expanded expre- it, its presence um, within. Other industries and areas, so for example, um, work rich coming through, I guess, but um, technology companies like Microsoft, uh, video games, all there. Red was there, which was which was dope. Um, so I finally, played around with their holographic phone. Yeah, I'm jealous. Very jealous. Jealous because I was. I'm. Ju- I just been curious about how there's just been so much buzz around this vo- this phone and just it's so much. Nice Jesus, I didn't even see that. Like, it's like a black. It looked like a black A team van. You know that okay. they only allow like four or five people at a time to go through to prevent people from taking pictures of it. Mm-hmm. It seems like a solid phone, but yeah. it's it's not worth the asking price. Twelve hundred dollars, I believe. Yeah. Yes, like fuck yeah. that shit. Um, what else? Just the spectacle of just being there and, and checking and looking at everybody in costume. Uh, it's 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 totally an, it, a cool experience, um, and just people watching. Uh, and it's just as a microcosm. Like I I I've saw people I hadn't seen in a while. Just ran X's. into people. Uh, X's. Yeah, <clears throat> people you date. They were dated. Wait, for, wait, wait, wait. Was this Eve or no, was this Rich? Rich? Rich, you ran into an ex? No, no, you no, not an ex. Oh, I was uh, gonna say, just <laughs> someone I knew. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to, you to. You didn't have to specify, but like you were into. It's like, wait, Rich ran into an ex? It's a cock. Which is entirely possible, by the way. It's, it's so a total. Possible. It's like yeah, it's like a little town. Yeah. Uh, my coworker, who I kind of expected would be there, and yeah, she was totally there. And then I saw her on Monday. I'm like, yeah, I totally saw you on Comic Con. Um, and yeah, so that 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 the the, the whole social aspect is, is is a lot of fun. Uh, what else? And then of course the panels. Um, I missed out on the Daredevil, but from what I hear, with the technical issues. I guess I didn't miss out any on much of anything. What there. would have been better off going is what if you and I thought about this too was uh, the Hulu Theater one would have been the actual panel. Uh, they kind of did all the cast interviews at the Sci-Fi, but those weren't the actual panels for those shows. The actual panels for almost all of those shows was at the Hulu Theater. Oh, okay. Um, and but uh, we checked out the marvel um discussion later in the afternoon it sickened me huh it sickened me (laughs) (laughs) it's like i mean a lot i mean as a dc fanboy it's like i i know dc comics have had their you know failures in recent history but i think 
in the last few years, they've made up for, they've understood what their failings were and tried to atone for that. Yeah. Marvel, comic book wise, not the movies. Yeah. Comic book wise, it's like, we're just going to give you a whole slew of number ones, new characters. But aren't you excited for Cosmic Fuck. Ghost Rider? I mean, no. Who cares? Cosmic Fuck. Ghost Rider. It's like Frank I, Castle dies. Here, here, he I, goes I, to hell and makes a deal right. with here's the devil. What I, here's what I will say. <laughs> the fuck? It's, really? it's, a, it's a really dumb idea. But. That people have eaten up and are but, supporting. But, but here's why. It's because Donny Cates is writing it and Donny Cates is an amazing writer. That's the only reason why people are excited about that. I don't think they're actually excited about the idea. I, and this is what I've discovered is, and one of the reasons why DC is doing better, is DC this year, and maybe the previous year as well, for all intents and purposes, poached all of Marvel's best writers. Hmm. They're all That's working gangsta. for DC now, this year. Yeah, which means absolutely. in two years, they're all going to be working for Marvel again. Or they're... Or, Actually, that's not even true. The the best writers in the industry. So they pull a James Gunn. Yeah. Well, uh, Disney was being stupid. Yeah. That was James Gunn was something different. Yeah. That was Disney being overly. Because you know he's he's directing Suicide no, no, Squad. No, he's too. just writing so far. He's in the works to write Suicide oh. Squad w- with the hope that he will eventually direct. So oh. so just just. I was going to say is like the DC is and all the best creator, all the best writers and creators are going to go to, they bounce. That is true, but I but, think but, the but, direction but I, but, of the but, company but, but, a little different though. But here's, here's what I will say, hands down, and I've said this before, the company now, and I think for the past couple of years, it has the best writers and our best creators, period consistently now i think even though you know they have some books that are not so great like like all the companies image has the best people i'm sorry image has been solid for many years for now the, for many yeah, years they now. had the best fucking people the man. premise is this even is smart you get creators to do their own shit without having someone tell them what to do yeah and then you'd be surprised by what i still i, I think that with. i always think back fondly of image um back when i was Pouches. actually reading comics and collecting them just the the overall feel of image comics the glossy pages the art yeah like their art was i don't know if it still is but back in the day their art was very distinctive that was very sleek yeah i i liked it i liked that now now they are the creator owned company like they are the home for like all the like top writers, all the best people who wrote, have written, or are writing for Marvel and DC, do some of their best work, if not their best work, for Image. Like, I mean, because they profit from that. You know, the way Image works, it's so like this. You know, the creator, artist, or the writer get the bulk of the, you know, of the revenue. So of course they have an incentive to put a lot of their effort, a lot of their blood, sweat, and tears to this, and it shows in just how creative and batshit crazy yeah. some of the shit that. Uh, and Image also just publishes. some of they have two writers, one writer in particular who is just like. This man can do whatever he wants. 
just get if he has an idea and it seems to be what they've been doing an image is just like what he had an idea of, of a comic he wants to do can we find an artist for him so he can do it mm-hmm. and then like a year later it's just and it's Brian K. Vaughn it's just like yeah. Saga's incredible he just did a mini series called The Border that is a white family uh, a white woman on the US side of the American, American border and a Mexican dude trying to come over the border, they both get abducted by aliens. (laughs) (laughs) The irony. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And it's a six-issue miniseries, and what makes it interesting is the entire thing is is horizontal. So it's like, you know how you normally read the comic this way? It's the entire comic is actually, you flip it like a a calendar. So artistically, it's interesting. But just half of the book is... In English, half of the book is in Spanish with no no translation. translation. It's not like they do it in English with it. No, it's yeah. literally just in Spanish with cool. no. Uh, and then I won't spoil it, but there is there is when they get abducted, there's like a resolution of like the aliens change things is what I will say. Okay. And it's just like one of those ideas. It was like it just seemed like Brian Kavon had an idea. They gave him. He, they found an artist, or the artist had an idea, or something. They both had a talk, yeah. had a conversation. It was like, "Hey, let's just do this." And Image just went. I'm ninety percent sure it was Image that put it out. Just went, "Okay," <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. It's a great little six issue like fucking story. So they provide better creative. Freedom. Yeah, but uh, going back to the whole DC and Marvel thing. Yeah. What I mean, I love the fact that the movies are successful, and you know. Now, but to have a comic book company be so dictated by the successes of the movies, that yeah. just sucks. And it's so fucking obvious. You know, I was at the panel with you, and I'm like, they're just like shoving down our throats everything that's being uh, released in movies or by, that will be released on movies. I'm like, no. You know, with DC, they're like weird shit, like... Robin and Superboy, like uh, yeah. whatever that. I mean, just like let creators do shit with some of the characters, and you know, let that be, sh- let that shine. Well, just, well, like, have well. The agenda of like supporting or like trying to piggyback off of the success. Well, of these well, big well. They have movies. done one or two things where they've let a creator do what he wants, and that's how we got Hydra Captain America. Like, like that's not necess- That doesn't always work. I will say that the one place that Marvel has been consistently good is their sea level characters. Marvel's all sea level outside of Wolverine and Spider-Man. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, aside from if you, what I mean is characters that aren't in the movies. Oh, okay. Uh, so like Moon Knight. Yeah. Wait, in terms of... Wait, funny that you bring him up. <laughs> Moon, the last handful of Moon Knight comic books have actually been really good. Are you talking about critical it, I, or, you know, sale-wise? Sale, sale wise? I mean, because I don't think a, a character like Moon Knight will, like, move a lot of issues. No, well, it's... But, but there are characters that have, that have built up much stronger followings. Yeah. Uh, and have... Uh, are doing... Better now, and unfortunately, because they're more successful, they've now been forced into with the more bigger characters. Yeah. Uh, cough, cough, Miss Marvel. Like, 
is uh, like the, there are some of those characters that they've kind of pushed into uh, with the other characters, and it's like mm, I understand why you want to do that because they're successful, but mm, don't do that. Uh, they work better when they're a little bit separated from everything. Miss Marvel is one of those characters. Ironheart. Uh, no, I mean that's just like a diversity. Yeah, story. but but uh, I'm you, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not I'm not hating on Miss Marvel, but like Ironheart. I mean, Ironheart is it happens re- to be, yeah it happens to be a a pretty good character. The way it, the problem is it's it's the here's this good character here's this kind of dumb way that you got there. Uh, it's all been dumb ways. Yeah. Amadeus uh, Cho as the Hulk. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I do characters. not like Amadeus Cho as the I, Hulk. It's like I want new characters, but don't just repackage already established yeah. heroes as mm. something different. I mean, I, it's Namor. Lazy. Or, it's or lazy. you know what it is? The, the one reason why I think that Cosmic Ghost Rider, silly, stupid idea, might actually be a fun read is because Donny Cates is a really fucking good writer i'd be down for reading that so see that's 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 the thing is there are there are i think one of the reasons why the the robin superboy thing works is that idea in and of itself damien wayne and superman's kid that concept of them both having sons is like eh, whatever but if you have solid ass writers, if you have Tom King, like you have Scott Snyder, you have these fantastic God Tom King. Sorry, Tom King is one of those guys who's like, yeah. let him do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> like, Vision is incre- was incredible. Fucking uh, Big Barda. Oh God, what was the the other DC character he Mr. was writing? Mister Miracle. Mister Miracle. Like Batman. Let him do what he wants. He's so good. <laughs> he's such a good writer. Like, like, even when it's crazy, like, it's just like he's just good at fucking what he does. Like, let people who are uh, same rule and we can make with the DC movies. It's just like let people who are good at what they do, provided they're good at what they do. They're yeah, in DC. The problem is thing. that a lot of those guys aren't that actually aren't actually that good at what they do, um, and let them do what they do. <laughs> like, yeah. So, Rich, did you see any cosplay that you were like, "Wow, that's that's really cool"? Yeah, couple. Um, saw the one that stands out right now because it was just hilarious. Uh, was a a bear of a man like. Hairy dude, completely decked out, dressed up as Wonder Woman. As seventies Wonder Woman. Seventies no, seventies Linda guy. Carter. Yeah, yeah. But it, uh, just just FYI, it was amazing. FYI, um, I might be mistaken on this. <laughs> <laughs> that guy comes every year. And he dresses up at the same as the same thing. I don't care. It's so, oh god, he's great. It's no, I love, that. I love that. Dude. It was, uh, yeah, that that um, the dude that was dressed up as God of War, that was pretty dope. The most recent got it. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, there are popular costumes this year. I have to say Wonder Woman, um, Ms. Ms. Marvel. I Captain just, Marvel, not. I'm I sorry. Saw a um, of yeah, Captain Marvel. Sorry, um, sorry. I just texted you guys. Oh my god, that's awesome! Uh, sorry. To, to I, I was impressed. You know, this there's this kid in a stormtrooper outfit with an AT AT. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. That moves with him. And I was like, whoa! That I didn't was see awesome. that. I did not catch that. That dude. was the okay. last day of Comic Con. How does that even wait? Th- how does They're that even strings. work? They're strings, strings, yeah, and he has a BBA on top of it. The dinosaur is pretty good too. I like that. It was like I'm a huge fan of the Green Ranger and that. Oh my god, that that Star that stormtrooper is pretty. That's fucking awesome. That's like the the seven foot two tall bumblebee from last year, huh. uh, and the uh, the guy who had the guy dressed up as Inspector Gadget and had the giant huh. propellers. He had oh, that's great! And the giant propellers above his head, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry I missed that dude. I, just, I totally would have taken we should, that dude. We should geek out and get very like get creative one year and do I'm stuff not, like that. I'm not, I'm not one of those people with those like singer you know sewing machines. I can't do shit. I will like also that. say that I, <laughs> as Eve knows, I cosplayed last year and I had the wig on you for about. Failed at I that. failed because I had the wig on for about <laughs> ten minutes. So it was, like, it was it was too it's fucking too hot. hot. Oh, I get to stay in character. <laughs> so fucking hot. Wait, you went as the dude? No, I went I I went as a character named ed alric from full metal alchemist it's an anime which by the way there were a lot of my hero academia people because uh, that's the anime this year um yeah just i just got too hot in it Pussy. i pussied out yeah whatever <laughs> it, forgive the term but yes that is what i did um so eve any other panels because i actually went For to me, a surprising amount of panels was, this year um, Low-key, I always go to DC Nation, uh, which was great. Um, uh, I enjoyed, uh, what's it called? The, what's it called? The Hellboy. Reign of the Superman. Because I love the Death of Superman yeah, that was, DC anime. That was, very, that was very interesting. I, I, I enjoyed that one as well. And You were um, dropping the ball on the one that I want to hear about. Yeah, and I yeah completely forgot about Hellboy. Um, apparently, from what I heard, they were not planning on releasing the trailer uh, to that. My big thing was... But they did? But apparently, I think they did because someone just like leaked it. You know, They had a teaser for a New York Comic Con, yeah. and because so much shit leaked, they actually had to release the actual pre I haven't watched oh. it yet. Uh, uh, my, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Hellboy movies. Yeah. Del Toro, Perlman. Yeah, yeah awesome. me too. And I, even though I think um, the actor who is in Stranger Things who plays Hellboy now. Um, Dave Halper? Yes. Yeah. Um, great actor. I doubted whether or not David this Harbour, movie yeah. uh, would work out. You know, from the trailer, I'm liking it. What I liked about it, the humor is funny. It's still edgy. Um, Harbor looks weird and different because I'm used to Ron Perlman yeah. as Hellboy. Because Hell, Ron Perlman still like look human. This version looks very demonic. 
you know, huh. face-wise, you know, very angular, aggressive-looking face. Whereas, it's we should say, but Ron Perlman kind of looked like a little baby. You know, rounded features, cuddly. You know, this this guy, this version of Hellboy Looks is fierce. not cuddly at all. Huh. Veins protruding in his arms. You know, it's it's like fucking aggressive. You know, Ron cool. Perlman's yeah. uh, Hellboy did not look aggressive, which is why I liked him. Cool. Um, but I like the humor. It seems yeah. funny. Um, the the cast that was at the panel were interesting, especially, I forgot this actress's name, but she looked really, she looked stoned or like really trippy. Uh, Alice something. Um, she might have been either super tired or she might have been stoned. Who yeah. knows? Um and the guy from Lost, I think the Korean actor from Lost. Oh, really? Daniel, Day, the, Daniel Day Kim. Yes, yes he's, he re- he's the guy who replaced uh, the guy from, from the Deadpool, Deadpool, who stepped yeah. down when he learned that his character was Asian. <laughs> oh, that was the reason why. Ed Screen. Ed Screen got car- got cast. Oh, I you, you, that dude. You did, did. You did not see the. Tw- okay, this is actually a great story. I heard he got. He meant Daniel Day Kim said he stepped down, but I just thought it was like for like. So no, no, no. no. He, he made a whole statement that was on Twitter about it. Is he got cast. He, during the pre-production, started to do research about the character, found out the this character... This is for Deadpool. N- no, this is for Hellboy. Okay. It's the villain from the first Deadpool movie, Ed Screen. Okay. Uh, played Ajax. Um, he did started to do research on the character, found out that the character in the comic books is actually of Japanese or Asian ascent, descent, decided, went, yeah, this isn't... I'm gonna. He. It, you can look it up. It's actually really. Yeah. It's actually really. You can look it up. <laughs> Eve is clapping. You can look it up on Twitter. It's actually That's what. What, want. what he said was super classy because apparently, if you didn't notice, even though Ed Screen is super white looking, he actually comes from a mixed background. Oh really? Yeah. He's like his one of his parents. I forget what the background is, but he, he's like comes from a mixed background, and he just went. Yeah, I did do research. I'm paraphrasing what he said was much. I should look it up, but it's like much more eloquent. But he basically said, uh, "I come from a mixed background. It, representation is really important to me." Yeah. When I found out, when I did my research and found out this character's background, I decided that I had to step down from doing this. Oh, wow. And then, like a like a, a month or two later, they cast Daniel Day Kim, Daniel Day Kim, which is like everyone who knows who Daniel Day Kim is is just like, fuck yeah, close friends, uh, Screen and Kim. They are, yeah. you mentioned they're close friends, and I'm like, wow. Now that you told me that, I am giving major props to at Screen for that. That's yeah, just being smart. It's it, and and the big thing that that a lot of people were talking about is it sets a precedent. Yeah. Where it's a, anyone who makes an excuse, they can just be like, well, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still going to, I mean, hopefully, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen him cast, but, you know, it's actors. Yeah. But it's just like, he made the decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and his career is not going to suffer for that. I yeah. Mean, um, and wow, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, after this, or when we're done here, you should Google what he what he actually wrote is actually really like classy and and kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Day Kim was there. Um, uh, the creator of Hellboy uh, was Mike. there as well. Um, Mike Manolia, yeah, he's a cool um, dude. 
and yeah, it was just like a solid panel. You know, it was just to be fair, it was just like um, the actor who um, I, why do I keep on forgetting his name from um, Stranger Things, David Harbour. David Harbour. It was just the David Harbour show, show <laughs> at the at that panel, and he's yeah. funny <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. He's he is fucking charming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, dude, man, he's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I just enjoyed that. You know, that was a great, uh, really good first start of Comic Con weekend for me, and I was glad I was able to attend that show. And everything else was like, you know, pretty low key, um, nothing major, um, and yeah, just and got some like free swag, you know, yep. from getting like a free. Uh, Got a seven day free trial to DC un- Universe yeah. just to get like a uh, free swag from there. And I got like these like weird uh, amalgamations of DC characters with uh, He Man body bills. Huh. You know, uh, <laughs> I so did I got. Not, like, I did not get an. I, I was so busy. They were like, there, throwing that yeah, shit yeah, out yeah. there. You know, so you I get was, one, you get whatever. Oh, on Sunday, one. right? I was on I Sunday. Was, I was so. Uh, I yeah, Saturday. I was so oh. busy Thursday and Friday, and like just walking around Saturday that I didn't. I did not get to do any of the free swag stuff. Uh, I had a priority though, as far as panels. I had three priorities, which were Stand Against Evil, mm. Twisted Tunes, and Doctor Who. Uh, the sta- panel or the the from the live stage. Well, I will say, uh, Stand Against Evil was at main stage. So that was actually a panel. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. It was Dana Gould. Dana Gould is one of my favorite comedians, creator of Stand Against Evil. Uh, Janet Varney does a lot of voiceover, is like a sketch person. Uh, and John C. McGinley, who we all know as Dr. Cox from yeah. Scrubs. Also, talk about a dude who's like just super good natured and like very serious as like the way he treats acting even acting in a show with a character who's ridiculous and who's really funny like super charming and you could just just super positive dude but also very serious about the craft of being an actor even on a show like standing against evil which i really appreciated um twisted tunes was great three quarters of the way through it got evacuated because of a fire um highlights were uh marie lamarche who's the voice of the brain also does a bunch of characters on Futurama. He was great. Phil Lamar was fantastic. Uh, hopefully you guys know who Phil Lamar is. Uh, Gray Delisle does a bunch of great characters. I not so secretly have a crush on and was going to try and get her autograph and then didn't have enough money to uh, go purchase whatever the thing is. Because you had to purchase things to yeah, go get. Aside from Artist Alley, you that. had to go do that. Um I will say that waiting on the Twisted Tunes line, I got to watch the. Uh, my brain is failing because it's getting later. Uh, I got to watch the Aquaman. Good God, my. The trailer. No, his actual line. The actor. Who plays Aquaman? We just mentioned it before. Momoa. Jason Momoa. I got to watch Jason Momoa like. From far away, just like that. By the way, his bodyguard is bigger than he is, and Jason Momoa is not a small man. <laughs> I was just, I was like, who's that giant, muscled man standing next to Jason Momoa? I was like, who? I was like, oh, that's clearly his bodyguard. It's just a giant, <laughs> just a monster of a dude. 
uh, just watching this giant line. As far as like him appreciating and being periodically the the line would cheer, and I think it's because he like he was just signing stuff and taking pictures, but generally speaking, he seemed like. He just generally seems like he's a positive dude, and yeah. from what I saw on the line, is like he yeah, seemed, and he generally he seemed, he seemed to appre- appreciate what like. I mean, I felt bad for him and felt like, man, your hand must be cramping up. But I was just like, you seem to get that this is this is what this is. Yeah. Oh, I saw in the showroom floor there was like this collaboration between Puma and Joe Magnello. Okay. That dude's cut, man. Yeah. He's that also a giant. Cut. He's a giant dude. That dude's cut. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I, I could see how he could ruin, you know, men for a lot of women. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, also a dude who's incredibly charming and a ginormous nerd. Like, he is, he is, he is a super dupe. He's a paper gamer. Paper gamer? He, I'm not D&D. Wait, what? He hosts, he's a giant D&D fan. In fact, there's a whole, sadly, uh, because of who Hardwick turned out to be, yeah. there's a whole interview uh, with jo- with Magnello where he talks about that he hosts a, a uh, D&D game. He's been a dungeon master. He's a, with like a bunch I of friends. I yeah. His, him talking about wrestling, and he's, he does a really awesome impression of some wrestlers. Of Macho Man, I, of Randy Macho, Savage. Yeah. Randy Savage. He wants to do a Randy Savage <laughs> biopic. Yeah, that's his big. His big. So apparently, aside from like the acting and all the stuff, his two big ambitions is he wants to play Macho Man Randy Savage in a biopic. <laughs> And he wants to. He knows that Vin Diesel is also a giant D and D player, and one of his biggest things is to try and coordinate playing D and D with Vin Diesel. That's like his one of his big ambitions in life. Is like I haven't been able. He just talked about it's like I haven't been able to get in contact with him. I know he plays. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I know he's a huge fan. It's like I don't know why. It's just like we're in similar circles. We just yeah yeah. It was a whole thing. Um. Yeah. Uh. Also, Richard Harvitz at the Twisted Tunes. Uh. Does Invaders. He's just really funny, by the way, Richard Harvitz. However, whatever, if you haven't seen any of the cartoons that he does voice, a lot of his voices are similar, but he's just one of those good dudes who's just like, you're just funny. Mm. Uh, who are the other people on Twisted Tunes? The guy, his name, Steve Bloom, who did Spike the for the English dub of Cowboy Bebop, did Wolverine for one of the cartoons. He does a thing called Dirty Elmo, <laughs> where he does the Elmo voice and just says horrible, horrible things, <laughs> uh, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and Jenna Varney was there too, sadly. Jenna Varney's really funny, but a- as a voiceover artist, she doesn't do that many voices. Uh, and they were doing Clue, which is, last year they did Ghostbusters, and it was so much better. Uh, Clue is a funny movie, but with voiceover. It doesn't, the more straight the movie, the better them doing the voices is, I think. And Clue is just on its own a little bit too goofy. Uh, so that was fun. And then the two big pan, the one big panel. I went to the Doctor Who thing. I watched the episode with five thousand six hundred other people. That was cool. The showrunner came out, made a speech. Had apparently never been in front of that many people. Got a little choked up. That was very sweet. The new head writer was there, and of course the new doctor, who another person who totally gets 
and it's totally she's amazing by the way if you haven't if you're a doctor who yeah. fan catch up the first episode was you a watch it no, no the first episode with the new i will say it's a decent episode she's fantastic the episode is it's okay uh as far as like when we're talking about actors who totally get what they're doing and they're like i'm so happy <laughs> And this is amazing. Like yeah. she's totally that person who appreciates and gets it. Before that panel, because I got there super early, uh, there was a How to Train Your Dragon three, which Jay Baruchel was at, and F. Murray Abraham, who's like an Oscar winning actor. Uh, so that was fun. Saw a lot, a shit ton of clips from the new How to Train Your Dragon movie, yeah, which uh, I'm not that. I've seen both of the previous ones. They were okay. It looks cool. I'm. I don't know. I like, I don't like all of the DreamWorks animation stuff. I really like the Kung Fu Panda series and the How to Train Your Dragon movie series has pretty been pretty great. So that's it for panels. Anything? Oh, Eve, favorite? I get. Oh, you showed the, your favorite cosplay. Yeah, the ATAT kid oh, and um, those. Uh, the yub yub aliens. aliens. I finally the yub yub aliens came again. back this year. And I normally don't do selfies with people, but it's like, hey, I saw you guys last year, but <laughs> you weren't the only one. And they were awesome. they were at the Doctor Who showing, and so many people took pictures. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Those, so special about them? They're the yub yub aliens. They were uh, from they, thir- from uh, PBS. Those aliens that kept on saying yip 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 yip. They're Muppets. Yeah. They're Muppets. Muppets. They're Muppets. Yeah. They're Muppets. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, hey, you, the cosplay I love are the really obscure shit. Yeah. That you know you don't see coming, especially especially shit that I grew up watching that I know aren't really popular. I but I, doing I a appreciate good job. the the a couple of people that were. I saw two guys. Dressed up as as the Dread Pirate Robert, the Dread Pirate Roberts, Not which made me really from Princess Bride. There was a pair. There was two guys. There was one guy who dressed up as Carrie Elwes from the Princess Bride, the Dread uh, Wesley, and another guy who dressed up as an Eagle Montoya, which was pretty great. Um, and I saw another dude also dressed up as Wesley, and I was just like, "That's okay." For the same reason, where you yeah. just see, see see people, where you're just like, this is a thing that only a handful of people are going to yeah. get, but the yeah. people who do are going to be like, ah! Yeah. It, and that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Anything else? I think I think we covered everything. There was a lot. Yeah. I think th- that's it for pretty me. much covered it. Yeah. Sweet. We're not going to wait. Uh, uh, roommate Dan is running late, but it's also late. Yeah. So. My eyes are letting me know. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Later. Peace.